What is up, cool cats of the internet? This is Haley, back at it again from Game Luster with another Buy It, Try It, or Deny It podcast. As normal, I am rolling with my usual crew. We got Brennan. Hi. <laughs> Great. And then we have Mike. What's up? Cool. So... <laughs> We're going to start it off first. I do want to say this. Thanks to everybody who watched our last Buy It, Try It, or Deny It episode on YouTube. We got like over a thousand views and that definitely means a lot to us. So thank you so much for watching. Um, If there's any hot takes that you guys liked, definitely let us know. Um, I'm going to try to come up with jokes to make it more funnier, but if it's cringeworthy, then just let me know. Because, you know, I don't want to be a dork. They're laughing at me. Whatever. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll be the first to tell you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. But we're going to kick it back to March's... Um, the games that we talked about last month in March. And we are going to start off with Resident Evil 3. Um, it released on April... Well... It'd technically be this month, but you know, whatever. It released on April 3rd. It currently has a meta score of 80 and an average user score of 5.8, which is very surprising because I know a lot of my friends were um, super excited for this game. Um, they're huge Resident Evil fans, so seeing a user score of 5.8 is very surprising. Where do you fall on that scale, Mike? Like, or do you lean more towards <clears throat> the user so score? I didn't get to play Resident Evil 3, but from what I saw, a lot of people weren't happy with how incredibly short the game was. Mm. I think you could beat it in like four or five hours or something like that. Yeah, honestly, that, was, that sounds about like the same as what I've read in like five, six hours. If you know, and a lot of the content was cut apparently. Yeah. Like, Haley, yeah, we do. Oh, we, oh, we don't. Oh, yeah, we do. It's, uh, if you, uh, Brian, cut this shit out, too. You know, Haley, if you, if uh, I put him on the, the platforms, platforms, uh, and, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, sorry, I should have mentioned that beforehand. Okay. Yeah, that was my bad. Um, like five, six hours, a lot of the content was cut, apparently, like, I mean, I, hence why it was so short. People were yeah. calling it, like, a, a, a DLC. Essentially, instead of like a full fledged game, that kind of sucks. And I feel there wouldn't have been as much of a problem if this was like a DLC campaign to Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm. Um, I understand they try to justify the full 60 because it also comes with Resident Evil Resistance. How is that? I mean, I don't, I don't, that what was like one of the things is I didn't Resident even look that Evil up. Resistance. It's a multiplayer mode, it's um. Four players play as survivors, and one plays as a mastermind, and the mastermind is supposed to kill the survivors before they can escape from the level. Huh. So that's an odd way to tack on multiplayer, but, hmm, I interesting. I feel like that's almost like a, like a COD way of doing things. Like, they know, well, I feel like it's kind of backwards in this sense. Because a lot of people would rather play Resident Evil for the actual single-player story than the multiplayer. Whereas COD, people play it for the multiplayer rather than the the story mode. But 
if you try to justify it by adding multiplayer, like you have to make your multiplayer good for it to be worth replaying and actually worth that sixty dollars. Yeah, from what mm. I saw, Resist- Resistance wasn't very, very good. I remember. I think uh, I remember reading somewhere like it was just kind of unbalanced. Like the survivors, the survivors. I think where I remember reading something somewhere like saying that the survivors were more powerful than the mastermind. So like the survivors almost always won. Yeah. It's like yeah, me, me. I to be honest, I thought that was like a. I don't know why I thought that was like a separate. Uh, no, I guess yeah. I get what Haley's saying though about like it's kind of like a reverse tacked on situation. Like they just kind of tacked on a multiplayer aspect where it's Call of Duty kind of like tacks on a single player. Well, they kind of they I guess kind of used to at one point. Maybe not always. I just I don't know. Like clearly, Resident Evil fans feel that everything that they cut out is a necessary part of the game. So I'm very curious as to why the developer thought those parts weren't necessary. Like, it's supposed to be a remake. Why not keep it true to the original? Why are you cutting out so many parts? Uh, I guess timeline. You know, they probably started this in development, I think, around the same time as two. Maybe not at the same time, but at least like in similar a similar window so like i don't know i don't know i'm just kind of surprised that this one kind of like doesn't quite as much stack up with this too as resident evil 2 but eh, shit happens hopefully the rumored 4 does a lot better yeah yeah for sure it's a big one we've talked about that i think that uh i would definitely be hopefully that would be a little bit more successful in this one but I mean, it's kind of sort of disappointing, in all honesty. There's a lot of remakes coming out these days, and people have high hopes because some people just can't play these games on, you know, the older consoles anymore because they can't find them. Or maybe they're just a little bit too expensive or whatever that issue might be. So for some people, this might be the entry into... The series for them because maybe they want to start all the way back at the beginning and you know the developer shafting them by not giving them the true original and I don't expect like we're going to remaster this frame by frame pixel by pixel but if you shorten it you're you're cutting so much out that people can't experience so that's kind of shitty that they're not getting the same experience as others had who played the original three. We're going to talk about the opposite problem, like, in a few moments. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, so with that segue, we're going to talk about uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, so, released on April 10th, it has a meta score of 88 and a user score of 8. So, clearly, everyone basically likes it. Like, did you get a chance to play it yet? Or were you still playing through Persona? Oh, I think Persona's going to keep you busy for a while. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. Um, I'm thinking of picking up Remake after I finish Persona, though. Gotcha, okay. I'll I'll keep it kind of spoiler-like then. Um, But, oh man, if Resident Evil was too short, I want to say that... I Okay, don't get me wrong. 
I think it's a quality game. It's it's a very faithful recreation of the original. It explains a lot of story beats that were kind of unpresent in the original, at least as far as I know. Certain scenes just kind of make more sense and more character development is kind of shown. There's a lot of scenes that are allowed to breathe. But for every scene that's allowed to breathe, there's a lot of like padding. Like, let's walk through this sewer. And you're just walking through the sewer for the next like two hours and you're just like, ah, now I know. Now I know why people are saying they've got like 40 hour game times. It's because they just throw you in these hallways that you just have to run. And like the little sneaking sections where you have to like, there's like two boxes and you gotta go in between. It takes so slow, man. Oh my god. There's so much padding. But to make up for the padding, I think the combat is actually quite fun. Um, Once you get three characters in the mix the demo only gives you two once you get three characters in the mix and you're constantly looking at each person's ability bar or like their attack meter or whatever and their limits and stuff like and you're switching through characters constantly like hitting a bunch of buttons i don't know it felt so good it felt natural like the bosses are really insane and like way over the top kind of like in the demo that same structure of like over the top phases during the boss fight like that's present in all of them, and it's just really cool. Like, kind of spoiler, there's one character where when you're walking around, when you're walking Aerith back to her house um, after you meet her for the first time, you get kind of pursued by the Turks who are trying to, this group that's trying to capture Aerith. And you fight this one guy who's got sunglasses on, and in, like, in the fight, it transitions to a cutscene where you, like, Cloud kicks him or something, and he loses his glasses. They fall on the ground, they break, and he just, like, picks them up, throws them away, and then pulls out another pair of sunglasses and just puts them <laughs> straight on, all in one motion, dude, and it just goes right back to the gameplay, and I was like, what the hell is going on? That was insane. Like, that blew my mind. Ah, the new meets the old in a good way, but it's padded. Very much so. And some of the mini games are just kind of weird, but I think it was... It, I'm playing through it now. It's, I'm like, I've been streaming my whole playthrough, actually. Um, on Twitch, <laughs> um, mostly f- just for a uh, friend of mine, but like it's been a lot of fun. It's uh, I'm I've been enjoying my time with it. Do a you lot. think that everything that they've changed and that they've added is worth it? Um, uh, so far, um, so far there's yeah, I want to say yes. Um, mostly because there's a lot of. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the Midgar section in such a short amount of time in the original. You really only spend like the first five, six hours there, maybe. Something like that. Yeah, right. So like there's a lot of characters that you meet, the like Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse. You spend some time with them, but you don't really get to know them. In this game, you get to know them. So uh, when and again, this is where you start getting the spoilers, but it's like, is it really spoilers if people played? the game you know um like 20 years ago but uh something you know whenever anything tragic happens to them the original it was like oh that sucks but you know they they were just they were part of it they knew what they signed up for because at that point they were just kind of one-dimensional um but in the remake they're fleshed out you spend a whole chapter like driving with the team like on the bike to another sector um do a mission or whatever, and I'm not going to spoil that either. Are you kidding? Um, but it, it, it makes them feel believable. So to I want to say yes, 
I think that the changes are kind of, in most cases, good. Um, there's also another scene, again, towards the, the middle-ish, where Aerith kind of gets captured, quote-unquote, in the original. And to me, it always kind of felt like this weird damsel in distress. But in the remake, they address it as... And they they basically explain it and they address it as no it was you know it was, it was her choice to do what she did and I feel like that definitely adds um, a, a positive to her character rather than it just being oh it's a damsel in distress episode Cloud has to save Aerith again oh no it's like no she she knew what she was doing she signed up for it you know she it made me like it, it gave me an appreciation for her in such a small aspect in a quote black screen of the original that i was like damn i like this this is interesting um there's other weird additions and changes though that haven't quite been explained yet so i maybe don't have the best opinion on that i haven't beaten it so maybe i i could look back at this whole thing and be like well that was fucking stupid um so far i think the changes are are interesting they're, they're, they've they've kept me wanting to see like i know what happens i've done this section like four or five times already since playing um the original like but i'm still i'm my heart's still racing when uh you know certain shit happens uh towards the end certain character breakdown moments like I'm still trying to fi- figure out like what's next, like what scene are we going to next? And it's always cool being like, oh, can I match up the camera angles to where the camera angles would have been on the PS1? Like, like in the train, I spent a whole like five minutes trying to like figure out where the camera would be sitting in the train and put just putting Cloud there and looking at that. I spent too much time doing that. Um, it was fun. It was a good time. It was a good time. If you haven't gone through it, I would definitely recommend going through it this way. I feel like it brings out the best in the characters. I feel like from what you said, this is definitely the opposite of Resident Evil 3. Like, if you were going to get into Final Fantasy, this seems like a good place to get into because it's updated. It has a lot of new aspects. Um, Yes, there are some changes, but it seems like those overall changes have made the game better. Yeah. Um, and have added a lot more things and fleshed out a lot more stuff. So maybe questions that people had before, they're answered now. So I, I feel like like I was going to play this game, but I didn't because I played the demo and I died. And I was like, yeah, maybe not. Um, but I've been watching the... Who did I watch? I think I watched the Rad Brad, like always. Um play some of this and it does look really cool i mean the graphics are amazing i love the art style i think it's really um it definitely suits it it's grimy when it needs to be but i think the characters and their designs also really stand out um so i feel like this is a game that i would eventually play if i have the time being that they're cutting this into multiple sections I feel like I would need to dedicate probably like a decade to actually playing this game. <laughs> um, but whatever they're doing well that people really like with this one, hopefully they don't change too much of that savage. So next, roll into another Square Enix game. Uh, is it Trials of Mana or Mana? I always get this wrong. Charles and Mana, you're good. There we go. Oh. Slay. 
Uh, I got the okay from Mike, so we're just gonna roll with what he says because he's the expert. <laughs> um, so it releases tomorrow. Actually, we're filming this on the twenty third. If anybody wants to really know, but this releases on the twenty fourth. Um, it has a Metacritic average Metacritic score is seventy seven, and the user score is to be determined because well, nobody can really get it until tomorrow. So, how do we feel about that? From what I've read, it seems like a very faithful recreation to the original. Um, but it, and even kind of playing it, the demo myself for a bit, it just felt kind of bland personally. Like, I think that it does have a certain charm to it. And I, like, I, there's a lot of concepts that I really enjoy, like the whole organizing your party and having different story beats happen because of your different configurations. And the class upgrade system seemed really cool too. But overall, I don't know. Personally, it just wasn't for me. I know I've got a friend of mine who's who's actually just messaging me now on Discord. And he's like, dude, four hours left until this game comes out. Like, he's <laughs> very excited. So I'm I, I'm I'm I can kind of see it being in that middle ground. You know, I think the score suits it. When you describe it as bland, what what do you mean exactly? Like what? kind of like turned you off um well uh, i mean it was mostly i guess the moment to moment gameplay um uh, narrative i thought was interesting um especially how it can all change but the moment to moment gameplay felt kind of empty to me there was just some light attacks a heavy attack that you can charge a dodge and i think and i could be wrong about this but all of the skills that i had obtained in the demo were like mini cutscenes, essentially. Like it didn't really seem like there was any skill ceiling other than just like hitting X a couple times and then hitting Y. You know, light attack, light attack, heavy attack, dodge. Um, do your little cutscene move, boom. Um, I, that said, like bosses later on might be difficult, but I don't know. It just didn't seem like it had that skill cap, especially compared to you know Final Fantasy remake. Sorry to bring that up, but like you know that. To me, that was a system that had kind of refreshed things for the better. Um, and it wasn't just cutscenes, you know. Um, yeah, felt bland. Yeah, um, I never got the chance to play the original. I always wanted to, uh, you know, get it and try it out. Especially now that they re-released it on the Switch. Mm. Yeah, But yeah, 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 I also played the demo for Trial of Mana. And it felt very Tales-like to me. Mm. Yeah. I'm very curious to, like, IGN gave it an 80, but I mean, we all know IGN, not to, like, not trying to bash IGN or anything. Uh, <laughs> GameSpot gave it a 60, so I mean, like, there's there's some jump in between there, but it seems like people are leaning towards that middle ground. Like, it's not perfect, but it's not crap either. So I guess my whole question is, did they really need to remake this? That's a good question. I don't really know. Yeah, honest. that's one I'm kind of like debating right now. If they really needed to remake this, because like I said, they re- we released the original. They could just given that, you know, a really nice new look. The way that Pokemon, um, uh, what was the one that came out recently? Sword and Shield? No. 
Are you talking about the dungeon one? Yes. Oh, yeah. Shit, sorry. <laughs> it's alright. Um, maybe they could have given it that kind of, like, wash over the original. Mm. Um, I don't know if they should have done a complete reworking the way they, they did. Like, did the combat also feel kind of, like, empty to you? It felt too simple. Mm. See, and that's... I feel like with remakes, that's my whole question, is do you need to... Do you want to just basically rework the graphics, change the camera angles, you know, make it look pretty and next gen for the consoles that are out now? Or do you just want to rework the whole goddamn game, kind of give it like a Final Fantasy vibe and add new stuff and rework your story a little bit? Um, and add more details, maybe take out details that weren't necessarily needed, and kind of almost make, like, a whole new game. So, I feel like that's where I am with remakes at this time, because <laughs> the, you can do so many things with a remake and call it a remake. Mm, yeah, with true. Resident Evil, you can cut out half the game and apparently call it a remake. Final Fantasy, you can create a whole goddamn new game and call it a remake. <laughs> Like, what truly is a remake anymore? That's that's a that's a really good. It's just a good question. Like, we're getting deep here, guys. Especially, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love it personally. Like, I, and after looking at three back to back, and you're right. Like, when you look at the three of them, it's like, how do you? What what is first off? Where's the bar? How do you even make the bar? And then, where do you even begin to figure out where to put it? Like, exactly. We like, thought th- we thought that Resident Evil Two was amazing, you know. And then they make three, and it's like, how is it? How did it not? How did it not reach that? You know. It's like every every developer is going to have their own standards for remakes, and I feel like Resident Evil is on the low end, and Final Fantasy is on the high end, and then Trials of Mana is somewhere in the middle where you don't know if it really needed to be Final Fantasy style or if it should have just been let's just update this rather than completely giving it an overhaul. So like if these of course there's always going to be remakes um, and re-releases and things like that so I guess I'm just curious to see where developers go after this, just because Final Fantasy VII put out a very high standard for a remake, and not everyone's going to have that same high standard. Um, But I'm also curious to know what games these developers are remaking, and if really, in the end, they're justified at all. Do these developers actually really care about re-releasing these old games, or are they just doing it for the funds? Because, I mean, there's there's a lot of old games out there that you can't play anymore unless you have one of those older consoles or you have some sort of emulator. Um, so, in a way, I find it sort of worth it, but at the same exact time, like, we don't need to remake every single game. Yeah, there's, like, this fine line that you have to walk between being, like, faithful to the original while also, like, adapting to the time because i kind of feel like that was what trials of mana's problem was is maybe it was too faithful to its original you know maybe its gameplay and everything was 
a little dated and to just give it a facelift like maybe there just wasn't enough you know um and uh, but then in the reverse case of these other two it's like you have short kind of experiences do you either pad it out to make it feel like you're getting your money's worth or do you just focus on quality over quantity i suppose and hope that that's enough and i don't know man shit it's a doozy we it is, man. are stumped. I'll be very <laughs> curious to know what everyone else thinks. All you people listening out there. Um, so let us know. Like, do you do you agree with where developers are going on remakes? What even is a remake in your book? And should everyone maybe? take a Final Fantasy approach to it and make it basically a brand new game. And also, what games would you guys like to see remade? That would be interesting to see as well. But... Everyone's going to agree with me. Persona 1 and 2. Go away, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to roll it over um, into our next segment. So normally at this time, we'd be talking about games that are coming out in May. But as y'all know, right now, lots of people are on stay-at-home orders because of the coronavirus. Uh, Maybe you agree with it, maybe you don't. Honestly, don't really care. Just stay safe, wash your hands, don't cough on other people, because that's kind of rude. So, since a lot of people are out of work right now, we felt that it would be a little bit better to maybe talk about some indie games. We try to feature indie games as much as we can on here uh, while also talking about games that are hot right now but we also know that not everyone has $60 to spend on games right now or maybe you don't want to spend $60 on games right now. I can definitely get behind that. So we're going to break it down and talk about some indie games that aren't going to hurt your wallet and maybe you'll find something that you'll actually like. So if you end up picking up any of these games, let us know what you decide to pick up. But I'm going to start off with uh, with Mike because uh, I'm done with talking for a hot second. So um, Mike, what? tell us a little bit about the games that you picked that people should maybe pick up. Alright, so the first one is Exit the Gungeon. It released for PC Nintendo Switch last month. I don't know if you guys played Enter the Gungeon, which was an amazing um, indie roguelike title. Mm. Exit the Gungeon kind of takes that, and instead of being a top-down, you know, roguelike shooter, you're basic—it's more of a 2D kind of um, aspect now. But it's still crazy-ass guns. In the trailer, they show a gun that shoots freaking rainbows and shit at your enemies. <laughs> um, I want one. <laughs> there are literally bullets fucking everywhere and it's just it's got like a nice like it doesn't take itself too seriously like a lot of your enemies are actually bullets shooting guns at you all right yeah that's amazing (laughs) yeah um it's for pc and the switch um 9.99 so you know it doesn't break your wallet um and it's just like the first one so there's a lot of replayability because there's different classes you know different things you can do and it's just you know, just shooting shit all day long. You is know? there it's... any backstory to the title? Like, why was there one called Enter and why is this one called Exit? 
<laughs> so the first one was called Enter because you're going into the dungeon, you know, and you're trying to get to the last level of it. This one's called Exit the Gungeon because the dungeon is now falling apart and you're trying to get away from that. Oh. And I guess somewhat spoilers, but is there anything that you get, like, that's epic that, you know, after you get to the final level, enter the dungeon? Uh, not that I remember. <laughs> so, so basically, so basically, you are entering this, one, why is it called a gungeon with a G? And two, you're well, telling me that you don't get an... epic loot for entering this and then exiting it when it falls on your face? <laughs> what? I'm not risking my life for that. And it's called the gungeon because instead of dungeon, you know, and you're shooting guns all the time. So, y'all, fuck, <laughs> fuck that. Whoever came up with that is smart, but I also want to slap them. <laughs> but but it's fun. I mean, why didn't I think of that? I'm disappointed. I know, why the hell did you think of that? I mean, you know, that's that's on you. That's on you. Not, that's not on Devolver. That's on you. Yeah, props to them for coming up with such a cool title. And then me not even realizing it when it sat there right in my face. <laughs> so disappointed in myself. This might be an odd question, but like, which do you- which would you recommend? Would, would, are you, would you recommend Exit or Enter? Like, that's do you a like hard one. The side scrolling, or do you like the top down, you know, over, <coughs> excuse me, bird's eye view? That's that's a really hard one just because they're both fun as hell. Um, mm. I'd probably have to go with Enter, but after you beat Enter, you know, if you want to shoot more stuff, exit the Gungeons, you know, your thing. Right on. I guess you my last question about this is why did they change the game style? Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh, yeah. It's just like... It, I mean, there was only... I feel like there was only so much that they could have done in terms of, like, keeping the art style that they wanted, but also the perspective as well. So going yeah. from that bird's-eye view to a side-scroller, it makes sense, uh, in a way. And, like, it's probably easier for them to make as well. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can say that entirely, not having played it, but... I imagine that maybe that that was less of a stressor on them, so they could focus more on like other things. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess it's kind of like they don't want you to feel like you're basically playing the same exact game again mm, yeah. with a different title yeah. and basically just going backwards. Holy shit! <laughs> Here we we just copy and pasted the game <laughs> and we you just go reverse and we throw two <laughs> at the end of it. Here you go. Uh, knowing Devolver and after watching their press conferences from E3, that's exactly what I expect. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, but that's exactly what I expect. Untitled Goose Game. Oh, yeah. I was waiting for you to... Okay, never mind. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I know this one got a bunch of hype when it first came out, and it's deserving of it. Um. I don't know. I think a lot of people didn't play it, but... Untitled Goose Game. It's like the best game where you could be an asshole, and that's like <laughs> the point of the game. It just looked like I remember we covered it a lot when it was like when it first came out, and it just it always just looks like wholesome, wholesome fun, and it looks like <laughs> like really good puzzle game. Like it's just it just looks like it the is. ultimate like relaxing, kind of mischievous puzzle game. That's just 
So nice. We also have a review of Untitled Goose Game done by Elizabeth Christopher, one of our writers. So if you want to go read her review about it, uh, just go on www.gamelister.com and just search uh, Untitled Goose Game. But yeah, this is like, like I said, I mean, all the puzzles revolve around what you screwing with the people in your town. Right on. Who can't, who can't as a goose. not love that? Because they're so yeah, fucking as a mean. Goose. They're yeah, they're so cause... fucking rude. <laughs> like, because yeah, gooses are jerks. <laughs> they're fucking assholes. Like, I'm watching the trailer right now. And he just stole the mail out of somebody's letterbox, and he just gave this old guy back like this like little ring. And then he quacked when he went to throw it, and now he's running away from it. Like, you could be so nice that to be a jerk. He just tossed the mail in the water. What a dick! <laughs> yeah, you mess with the gardener, uh, you break an old lady's broom. Um, <laughs> you steal socks? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> it's, you steal it's somebody's pipe? You... Like, yeah. That's just it's... funny, though. Yeah, if you want a good laugh, you know, and you just want something, you know, where you just kick back and ruin people's lives because, you know, your life <laughs> is being ruined right now by coronavirus. Um, this is it. This is the one. Channel the inner goose. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think it's funny, too, because I have that one desktop extension that you can download that it's not official, of course, but the he'll steal your, like, cursor and drag stuff like little messages and stuff across your screen and it's it's so funny he'll look when he walks he leaves little like feet marks it's so cute <laughs> it's deceiving he's so cute but so evil at the same time i i think that's what and i like the title too like <laughs> oh, yeah for there's real. there's nothing else that you could have called it besides that guys what the hell do we call this thing i don't know <laughs> Well, it's the game a, has a goose. Yeah, it's got. We don't have a title, so. A title goose game. Wow. Perfect. A plus plus. Give that person a medal. That's funny. Okay. I'll I'll kick it to my games. I want to talk about. We'll leave Brendan's as the best for last because he has some cool mm-hmm. ones to talk about. Yeah, they're not that cool. I mean, unless you want to go cool, next, cool, it's but... up to you. Well, you got it. It's fine. Okay. Um, so, I am going to talk about World of Horror real cool. I wrote an impressions piece on it. So, you know, go check that out. I'll give you a virtual high five if you do. Um, it's a role-playing game. It's developed by Hands and YS Bird Games, however you pronounce that. Don't ask me. Don't know. Um, so it's in early access. The early access came out on February 20th for PC and it's $14.99. So basically $15 and some change because they tack on tax because tax. This game, oh, if you're, if you're a fan of Junji Ito, I might have pronounced that wrong. I'm sorry. He's a really famous horror manga artist, and this is his art style, like, not his exact art style, but um, it's similar to his art style, basically in a pixeled, old school 80s text game. So 
Um, everything that you, all your actions mm. that you do, they're all text-based. Um, so if a prompt comes up on the screen, like one of the prompts is like you're staring at a, a school awards case and it's like, and you see something in there. How do you get in there? Do you take it? Do you break the glass and take it? Do you just walk away? Do you hit it with the whatever weapon that you have equipped? So it's kind of like that. It's really cool um, in the way that they have the early access set up. If you've never played anything like it before, they take you through um, different scenarios. So the first scenario they take you through to teach you the text-based prompts and how the um, how the combat works so all the combat is in sequences so you hit what you want to do to fill up a bar and then that plays out once you fill up a bar so a, a lot of the times I would do like hit and then I'd add two bonuses on top of that to make my hit a lot more powerful and then I'd do like stab if I had a knife and then I could do like duck and that would fill up my whole bar, and then that would play out, and then the character would hit me, and then I'd do that again. And it was combat that took me a while to get used to, to figure out what actually worked, um, because when you start going through the other scenarios, that's when it starts teaching you um, how the game actually works, and it starts to give you... Um, a lot harder enemies so eventually when you get to I think there's four scenarios once you get to the fourth one it's basically how the game works and you have different mysteries in your town that you have to solve and you have to solve all five there's like five or six I think all five or six mysteries and collect these keys so you're the the old god they call them old gods that's like your big enemy at the end um, so that you can go defeat it but if you die during one of those missions, then it's game over for you completely. Mm -hmm. So that got frustrating because I think I made it through like four and then died. And I was like, fuck, like, that just made me so depressed because I was like, shit, I did really good. And then I died. Um, but it's really cool. I really like the art style. You can like change the colors of the game so like you can have it like stark white and then you can have it like orange and purple and blue um yeah it's it's really cool it's also kind of scary it's horror it's called world of horror um you get like magic and you can have um like characters help you but they only really come in handy once per person that you fight or you can, like, kind of sort of just sacrifice them if you get in a jam. So, yeah, it's cool. I like it. I've replayed it quite a few times. It's definitely something I'd recommend because there is a lot of replayability. Um, if It's definitely not for the faint of heart, though. Um, because it is definitely gruesome. It's Junji Ito. I mean, this guy's... That guy's crazy. That's all I can say. <laughs> He definitely is. And that's one of the reasons why that, like, honestly, I found World of Horror on Twitter because I was looking up a different game um, that I was curious about. And when I followed them, it recommended me 
the developer for this game and I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I looked it up and I was like, damn, like, <laughs> yes. And I bought it and then I just, I played it all weekend long. I was like, I have to write an impressions piece on this. This is so damn cool. It how how long would you say like how long would you say a playthrough would would go on for? If you do the last scenario, I feel like it could probably last about an hour. I think that's oh, okay. Maybe even longer. It depends on how fast you get through it. Because if you sit there and kind of if you're really good at these types of games, I feel like you could speedrun it. Like, for me, it took me about an 45 minutes, I think, to get through my four cases, and I still had a couple more that needed done. Mm. So, I feel like it kind of just depends on how well you... Hmm. Alright, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and like I said, there's definitely replayability, because there's always different cases. I know that they just had an update not too long ago, and they added more cases, um you can also customize your game so like you can pick who your character is you can pick which god you fight against you can pick that god's um like whatever their power is uh um, huh. so it really is like kind of like create your own adventure in a way yeah basically um because like i said you can customize it or you can have it completely random and it's and the computer generates it for you. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I want to say hour, maybe hour and a half. Um, definitely like longer than that if you take your time like I did. Just because I was like, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, some things are time, some things aren't. So, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's really cool. And for 15 bucks, you can't. You can't beat it when you're sitting there replaying everything a bajillion times. Honestly, yeah, it looked like it had a very big focus on the narrative. I mean, it was tech, it's a text-based game. It's, it's going to be focused on the narrative, but it just seemed like the writing was very well written and just paid attention to. And I could see you just kind of getting lost in it like a book almost and just wanting to play it over and over and over. I definitely, really like once it's fully out. I think I'm definitely going to write a review for it. I'm going to roll into my next game. We're not going to sit here and talk about manga for 40 years because then I'm going to talk about my hero and how Deku's my son, but I'll leave that alone for right now. Um, it's all about Toga. <laughs> if you really want to get started, Momo's where it's at, but... Anyway. There we go. So, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about a Ministry of Broadcast. It's an adventure slash platform game it's uh published by or well it's developed by ministry of broadcast studios and published by hit sense it's uh out on pc that came out back in january and it's coming out very soon on nintendo switch and it is also 14.99 um way back when yonder uh, this was, this game was linked in our Discord group, and it looked pretty cool. Um, I think one, somebody that used to be here saw it on, like, something, a convention that they went to, I think? I don't remember. Maybe, maybe Indicate or something? Yeah, I want to yeah, say it was. Yeah, it was, was. Like or something, yeah. So, it's... Real, it's really neat. It's like you have to, 
um, your country is divided by something called the wall. And in order to cross it and get to your family, you have to complete and win a reality uh, show program that's made by somebody called the regime. Um, so, you know, they're basically torturing you and putting you through all these trials so that you can apparently win, finger quotes, win and see your family. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was different. It definitely has like an old school. I thought it was like an old school World War II vibe to it. And that's what interested me. Also, the whole fact that, you know, like this regime is forcing you to <laughs> do you want to play a game type saw reference nobody laughed that makes me sad um, <laughs> <laughs> so i i just thought it was really neat it doesn't look super hard um yeah when i was looking at this i love the art style that they're going with mm, yeah it's that old school you know super nintendo kind of look thing you know yeah I think the color palette that they also went with is one of the reasons why I like this game so much, because it's not super grungy and dark, but it's also not bright. It's very, like, neutral. Yeah. And it kind of, like, honestly, like, I thought this game would take place, from what I've seen of it, in, like, Russia. It doesn't actually say where it takes place, but that's just the vibe that it gives me. It just looked so well animated. Like what Mike said was talking about the art style. Like it just, it looked great. It felt like it was like very fluid and how the animation worked out. But just, I guess my only kind of complaint from watching it was just that I was like, oh man, this is just a platformer. Like I feel like if they, if they like took this out and made it like a, I don't know, like a, like added some kind of like stealth aspect to it, like action adventure, not to not make it what it is. You know, it looked like a really cool platformer, but I was like, damn, I want them to do more. With this kind of setup, it, it seemed really cool, but I was just like, ah, oh. you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's just me. I get what you mean. Like, mm -hmm. it kind of feels like there's no, maybe like no punishment for what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Because it doesn't really seem like anybody <coughs> really chases you, but at the same exact time, like, I, I haven't played this yet because we're working on trying to get a code for it, so I plan on eventually reviewing this. Um, mm. but sort of like, um, that one Assassin's Creed game they did, that's a platformer. Like, if the guards saw you, you had to duck and hide and sneak around, and they don't show any of that in this. Mm. So, I think it would have been cool if they added that, because the only real thing you're doing is just running and jumping. Yeah, yeah. It seemed really, really cool, but just really simple. Definitely feel that. I feel that. Go ahead, Brennan, take it away. Oh, my two picks. Um, so I my first pick was uh, tabletop simulator. I feel like that's not really the most uh, uncommon pick, but I felt like I just kind of had to push this game. Uh, it's a tabletop game. If you couldn't piece that together from the title, you don't say. <laughs> it was developed <laughs> and published by Berserk Games on June 5th, 2015, on PC, and currently is sitting at $19.99 USD. Um, I bought it on sale for $10. It was on, it was on Steam. It was on sale, like, a couple weeks ago, maybe 10 bucks. And it comes with, like, eh, 12, 15 games. 
um, anywhere from like solitaire, go, chess, checkers, etc. Um, but there's also a lot of room for the Steam Workshop where you can like download any game that you really want, like Uno. Like my girlfriend and I were, we probably just we probably stayed up until like 3 a.m. just playing Uno over over you know tabletop simulator and Discord for the past like three weeks, and it's just been so much fun playing Uno. Like I can't I can't even begin to describe. Like you flip the table, you just flip the table. There's a button to flip the table, yeah. and everything's physics based too. So like you could like you know toss stuff and like flick stuff around the table. Like some guy made um in Steam Workshop. Going through the, the list, you know, you can download stuff. One guy made a mini golf course. So, you know, they give you a marble, you know, and they've got this whole course, you know, laid out for you and, and stat sheets and stuff. And, uh, you, you know, you just flick your little marble into the hole. And it was just, it was, it was so much fun. It was worth, it was totally worth the, the $10. It was probably worth the $20, honestly, but it was worth the $10 that I paid for it. Um, you can flip the table. Do I need to say more? Um, my only disclaimer is that you need friends. Um, there's definitely a chance for you to play with randoms, but in my case, when I looked, a lot of those rooms were locked because I guess people were just kind of playing with their friends. So that's my only disclaimer is that you kind of need friends and other people with this to play. But that being said, once you have it, it's you literally have any any board game or anything ever. like. I spent like 15 minutes making like a little D&D set, you know, like walls and floors and the walls. I already said walls, right? The whole nine. Um, characters, little models, little, little models and stuff. Um, it was great. It was absolutely great. Tabletop simulators, fantastic. Played board games with your loved ones without actually like seeing them, you know? I just picked this game up literally yesterday um, because... Like, I have a friend that lives halfway across the state that I live in, so I don't get to see her all the time, so I was like, well, let's play something else besides the Lords of Waterdeep. And I was like, why don't we play Tabletop Simulator? So we sat there for a couple hours. First, we played Clue, and that was a mess because we all forgot how to play Clue. (laughs) And then we played Coup, which is really fun. I fucking love Coup. Yeah, Coup is great. And then we played Uno, and it was the longest round of Uno, because each one of us would call Uno, and then we'd get, like, nothing but, like, yellow cards when we needed a red. (laughs) Or somebody would get, like, blue when they needed green. And so everyone would eventually end up with the whole deck, and then we'd have to go back down again, and then back up again. And it's, honestly, like, it's so funny. Between games, I was sitting there, like, looking at all the different um, games that other people were running, and they were running, like, D&D, and um, somebody was running, like, Magic the Gathering, or Warhammer, or I think somebody was, like, doing some, like, puzzle, and Uno, and my friend was like, hey, I wonder if they have Hungry Hungry Hippos, and I was like, I don't know. (laughs) So, (laughs) I feel like... Price the twenty dollars, you get so much game for twenty bucks. Because if you've thought of it, it's probably on there. Like yeah, somebody for real. has put it on there. So I feel like it's a steal twenty dollars, honestly. You you wanna play Pazak from Knights of the Old Republic? 
It's on there. I want to play some Scrabble right now, though. (laughs) For real. Scrabble's definitely on there. Definitely. So I feel like that's, like, a really good game, especially in these times. If you can't see your friends, like, you got 20 bucks? Great. You don't need Wendy's today. Go make some homemade beans in a can and spend that $20 on board games with your friends. Virtual board games. It does go on sale kind of often, though. So, like, you know... If if at any point you know if twenty is too steep, it, it's one of those games that goes on sale on Steam fairly often. Just look, I just got a feeling I'd be a. Oh. I was gonna ahead. say I I feel like I'd be a sore loser on this and just flip the table all the damn time. Dude, this <sighs> it's the point. That's the point. <laughs> it's the point. It makes you roll a d twenty as a st- as a strength check to see if you flip the table. Yeah, <laughs> it I does. That was so it's cool. great. It's so cute. It's. I was like so close to flipping it during Clue, but like all three of us were so close to the end, and then I didn't win, and I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> I really want to play Monopoly. I'm not gonna lie. Oh my god, we should do that. We should. We should definitely play Monopoly. Yes. 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 And I don't want to spend too much time on my next pick, Hades from Supergiant Games. Um, it's a roguelike action RPG developed and published by Supergiant Super Games. Um, it was originally on the Epic Store on December 6th, 2018. And I'd only picked it up somewhat recently when it came out on Steam on December 10th, 2019 for like $25. And it's currently in current uh, early access, so that may possibly change. Um, but Hades, my goodness. Um, First off, the soundtrack is phenomenal. It's very Western and twangy. Um, kind of like Bastion. In a way. Yeah, twangy. I don't know how to twangy. explain it. It's very <laughs> very Bastion, very Western. Like um, Combat is very fast-paced, especially against some of the bosses. And with the difficulty modifiers, it gets really fast-paced. Very adrenaline-inducing. Um, and the whole shtick of the game is that it's, uh, it's a roguelike. Basically playing as the son of uh, Hades, the lord of the underworld. And there's a lot of Greek mythology. All the power-ups that you meet or that you get are gods from you know, uh, uh, Olympus that are giving you part of their power. And because they're trying to help you break free from uh, the underworld, which is like this constant changing hellscape, thus explaining the... The roguelike aspect of it thematically, you know, using the Greek mythology. It's it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really fast-paced, um, and it's a good way to get your blood pumping. And it's a lot of different weapons to choose from and different variations of said weapons. So it doesn't really feel like you're ever playing the same thing more than once. There's always a way to change it up comfortably um, while also progressing at the same time. It always felt like you were progressing and working towards something. So have you made uh, it out of hell yet? And well, see like that's the that's that's like the part of, that kind of sucks is that um because it's in so early access I guess. They've they've been updating it quite a bit. Um like I even think that they added a new weapon recently. But no, when I finished it, you basically, you know, you get to the end or what you think is the end and you know Hades is sitting there and you it's a big awesome, you know, epic boss fight and that's i'm assuming that's when you would kind of leave and like i'm guessing that maybe there's a section that when you afterwards 
But Hades just is like, nope, I kill you anyway. And then you just end up back, and you're like, well, I'm just going to press my time. So, uh, yeah, nothing happens when you leave as of right now. Except, you know, getting access to more difficulty modifiers and whatnot, changing the game in more ways. But, I don't know, it's even just the banter between the characters, like, even the dialogue is so witty and well-written that you wouldn't really expect that for a roguelike. You know, the, the focus is on the the action, but it's super giant games, you know, they tell a story. I love it. All of it. I honestly love Greek mythology games so much, especially if they're well done and this art style is really cool. Um, so I think that's really cool that it's called Hades because not a lot of games take place in hell or it's always, you know, hell is, I mean, of course, hell is always the bad guy, but giving him a son and his son trying to get out, I feel like that's just definitely different. It certainly is. Especially the part of my favorite thing is the dialogue between the two of them. Um, Hades is such an asshole to his son. And and it's it's not even like, sometimes it's abrasive, but other times it's just like, he's just making fun of him. And like... It's hilarious. Like, it's genuinely funny, but it's also genuinely, like, damning as well, you know, because it's, it's Hades, it's his father. So you just can't help but smirk as if, you know, you're thinking, like, even if maybe you have a parent that's kind of, I don't know, a little overprotective, I guess, if that's what you want to call Hades, you know, overprotective of his son. Dad, um, I just want to go out and hang with my friends. <laughs> that's what it no, is. No, you're supposed to quarantine in hell. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's essentially what it is. He's like, you don't have any friends, and he's like, yeah, you're right, but I still want to go outside anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's funny. It's great banter. I think that's pretty cool, and it'll be really neat to see how, like, when the full game comes out, um, how they end it. Because I feel like depending on how they end it, they might be able. Like, I'd like to see a sequel, depending. Mm excuse me, how they end it and where it goes forward. Because, I mean, if Hades dies, you know he's not, like, <laughs> really dead and there's lots of other uh, gods of death floating out there. Oh, we're really getting into God of War now, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh... Just throw up God of War lore everywhere. But it, it's just cool to really see a different take on mythology. Yeah, it's a good time. Very highly recommend. Uh, I'm going to do a quick honorable mention really quick before we wrap this podcast up. So my honorable mention, and if you guys have any off the top of your head, toss them out there too. But my honorable mention is Night in the Woods. I might have mentioned it before um, on one of our other podcasts. Right now it is only, where's the price at? $19.99. Um... I think it's definitely worth it. It's really fun. You play as May, and she's a cat, and all the characters are animals, and her best friend is super cool. All her friends are really cool, and you basically dropped out of college, and you're back in your hometown, and you're just exploring and going on all these wild adventures, and there's replayability because you have different choices that you can make. Um, so there's different avenues that you can take um, depending on how, what you want to do, who you want to interact with. Um, 
the seasons change so it's kind of like over the span of a year roughly um so the town that she walks in will go through season change the people will be different from day to day so that's really fun to see i i don't know like i I thought it was almost like a coming of age type game because may grows over the game she's really trying to find herself and figure out what she wants to do as a young adult and um just trying to come out of her shell and be her own person and that's basically what she does and i cried i cried like a little bitch let's be honest the ending (laughs) oh my god like whoo whoo lots of twists and turns crazy i was like wow and you get like two little side stories at the end that kind of like that are kind of sort of fun um but uh, yeah it's really cool all the characters are cool i like it play it I've heard nothing but good things about Nine in the Woods, honestly. I honestly check that out. I can't wait for the goddamn developer to come out with something else because like I really want them to. I wanna play whatever they have next because this game was great. I'd like a sequel or maybe something within this universe. Not exactly a story with May and her friends again, but maybe somebody else in a different town still in this art style um with this these types of characters because i really i really definitely like it i'd like to play something like that again Mm, very nice yeah you guys got any honorable mentions this was probably the most expensive one on this list uh 35 bucks but tim tim um Mm. right now it's an early access so it's not really complete but they are adding they did release a roadmap and they are adding a ton of new content for this game. Um, if you like Pokemon, it's kind of if Pokemon was an MMO. Um like, like when you're on the map, you can see just tons of other players running around, you know, uh catching Temtam and you know, just being there. Whereas Pokemon, it was just, you know, the trainers that you're able to fight. This one you're actually the world's populated by the players and you know you can interact with them easily um the battle system's pretty cool it's a bit different from the pokemon uh, and yeah it's just if you want a longer rpg to play you know and what makes it similar to pokemon um it's still a catch monsters and battle them sort of thing you're still walking through tall grass looking for new temtem you're still doing the battles even though this is two on two where pokemon's one on one um you know they all got their different types so it's similar in that respect but at the same time it does make a lot of changes to the pokemon formula that i feel are a bit fresh i like how like you could play the whole game co-op with someone else one other person because everything was two on two so you'd, the two of you would just each have one and like um, i think ugh. you could be battles like that i don't know if you could play the whole game like that um maybe not the I whole have, game but yeah battles yeah you can do battles with other people and stuff like that so it's pretty cool the, the hijinks my friend and i got into playing temtem were like <laughs> uh, we just like wouldn't communicate with each other and we would just get the hijinks and like it was just temtem was good honestly i i had a lot of fun with how little was there i, I don't want to say little there was a lot that yeah. was already present but there's still a lot that's coming but man, I had a lot of fun with what they had. Like almost 
more than Pokemon, I'd say. I'm yeah. gonna ask a really stupid question, but how do you spell it? It's T E M T E M. Okay, I was spelling it T A M T A M, so I was like real confused. Tam Tam. Tam Tam. <laughs> so, my suggestion to you would be definitely check to see um, what sales are currently going on. They have a lot of sales. Um, GameStop, PlayStation Store, uh, there's a lot of games on sale on uh, Nintendo Store right now. Steam is having a couple sales. So definitely watch your sales. And I hope that you guys found something that you're interested in playing. If you did, let us know. Let us know how you're doing. And yeah, so we'll catch you next month. I hope you guys have a good night. And we'll see you next time.